Well, I'd like to begin today by telling a story. A few years ago, a close friend, a very close friend of ours, surprised us and approached us and said uh, that they were going to file for divorce. And we were shocked. We had no idea that the marriage was in trouble at all. Like, we, I mean, sure, there were signs, and my wife and I had said a few things here and there along the way, but there was count, the counsel from us was never sought. Uh, and uh, maybe they didn't want to open up because there was, there was embarrassment, there was shame. Uh, they didn't want to admit that there was a problem. But either way, we were blown away. Uh, and that happened a while back. And uh, a few years before that, I watched, and here's another story, a few years before that, I watched as a very close friend of mine got involved with the wrong partner. And this person was warned along the way to stay away from this partner because this person was completely and utterly toxic. Uh, But the love was too strong. And sure enough, they became unexpectedly pregnant. They had the baby, and after the baby was born, Um, what do you think happened? A crisis emerged. The police were involved. Restraining orders were put in place. And custody battles raged on for years. Now, I just told you two stories that are similar. And these are just two stories of the hundreds that I've heard over the years. Hundreds of them. Stories just like this. And I bet you can think of at least a dozen stories, too, where the information was given... The warnings were given, but they did not pay attention to what was going on. Let me ask you a personal question. If you were drifting, if you were heading into deep, unhealthy waters, dangerous waters in your life, how would you know? What internal mechanisms would you have that would allow you to pause and receive information that could change your life, that could potentially save your life? Well, the good news is, is that the God of the Bible gives us a way to prevent unnecessary crises. Now, can you prevent these crises altogether? No, not necessarily. You can't prevent every crisis from coming into your life and happening into your life. Some are inevitable, but there are some that can be avoided. There are certain things in our life that can be avoided. Certain pains that are unnecessary that can be avoided. Some can be prevented. Now, we've been doing this series called Creative for Community, and today I want to discuss one of the most important aspects of community, and it's this. Community helps us to see clearly and avoid disaster, okay? We get this clear picture from the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the Galatians, and he shows us how Christian community helps us to avoid unnecessary disaster and to put us on a path to become what we were meant to be. And... uh, Marie just read this verse, and it reads this. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. What is he saying here? This is Paul talking to the Galatians. It's a city called Galatia. And Paul is saying that one of the reasons that Christian community exists is not to be weird, not to do weird things at weird times of day and the weekend. It exists to help you and I to avoid disaster. Now, Paul uses a phrase. He says, if someone is caught in a sin. Now, the word sin, you probably have a definition 
Maybe you've heard talk about it. Some people, it leads them to shame. Other people, they feel, they recoil and disgust around the idea of sin. But what is sin when Paul talks about sin? Well, sin, let me give you an illustration. Sin is like running your hand against the grain of the universe. And what happens when you run your hand against a grain of wood? What happens? You get splinters. Things are not as they should. It means sometimes you become, sin can mean pride or doing something that we've become blind to the impact that it's causing on other people. We are hurting others with our actions and we don't even know it. That's what sin is like. But also we see here from what Paul is saying is that sin isn't just like obviously breaking the Ten Commandments or the golden rule. Does anyone know the golden rule, treat others as you should be treated? Sin's not just like that. Sometimes sin, running our hand against the grain of the universe, sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it flies under the radar. Sometimes something will not start off as sin. We can be doing something that isn't necessarily wrong, but we're just doing something kind of unwise, and eventually it leads to doing something sinful. Do you understand what I'm saying? That sometimes we're just innocently going along and we make one choice and one choice. I mean, how do you think people end up having affairs in their marriage? They don't wake up one day and be like, today's the day I'm going to sleep with somebody else. That's not how it's done, generally speaking. Generally speaking, an affair that involves emotional and physical kind of affair where you go the full way, that kind of affair, that generally begins with like, a, you know, an innocent, you know, it, you're oversharing, you're confiding in someone, you're going off and having dinners or things, and then all of a sudden something happens that's over the line. It goes too far. Uh, so some, now it's not a sin to have friends of the opposite sex when you're married, but sometimes there's these conditions in which we find ourselves which lead to problems. And that's what Paul's getting at. And I'll say a little bit more of that in a minute. But Paul says that you who live by the Spirit, you who live by the Spirit, and here's what he's getting at here. Paul also believes that Jesus died on the cross and he broke the power of sin. And when he did that, he restored our relationship with him. And we now have a healthy relationship with Jesus, which means we have the ability to overcome that sin. We can break free of that sin and we become more aware of ourselves and our actions and the impact that our actions have on others. You who live by the Spirit means that those of you who have welcomed Jesus into your life have the ability to access the power of the Holy Spirit who speaks into us and helps us to make better decisions. And a lot of people say, that, and a lot of people agree over the years, a lot of people wonder why the Holy Spirit exists. The Holy Spirit in these verses exists to help us improve our lives. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame because many Christians today don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. They don't know how to think about the Holy Spirit. They don't know how to welcome the Holy Spirit into their everyday life. And it's almost like there's, they have access to this power, but they're not accessing the power. You understand what I'm saying here? Let me just shout it out. What's your favorite restaurant in Los Angeles? What name your favorite restaurant in Los Angeles? Very quickly. Bestia. Bestia. What, what, did I hear McDonald's? Arby's? Jelena? Okay. So, no one said Arby's. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, I heard Bestia, which is great, which is Italian. And Jelena, also Italian? Yeah. You know, modern fare. Anything else? Any, any other restaurants? Did, Ingrid, did you say Arby's? 
Oh, okay, you didn't, okay. Okay, anyone, anyone, give me two more, give me two more. In and out, that is, that's your favorite? Or that's just one that you love? Okay, good. Anyone? Okay, imagine. Imagine having an unlimited gift card. It never expires, it never ends. You can never outspend Tabestia, Jelena, in and out, and never using it. Never accessing the benefits. That is the, sometimes the problem with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to the people of God to help us live empowered lives. But many of us don't access it. But what happens? So when the Holy Spirit, when the people who live by the Holy Spirit exist together, as Paul describes it, we get a church. And a church is not a building. It's not a service. It's a people who are brought together. By the power of God's Spirit. The Spirit is the one that brings us together. And some of the things that the people of God do is that we encourage each other. We build each other up. We're there for each other when things are not going well, when we're at our lowest point. And we're, and we're probably more there when people are at their highest point. We're also supposed to be there at their, at their lowest point. And I spent some time talking about this the last two weeks. But also we see what Paul's getting at here is that we also restore each other. We're there for each other. I'll be there for you. Yes, we will. But also we restore each other. Which means we walk alongside of people and we tell them the truth about what we see in their lives. And what Paul is implying here is that as Christians, we carry each other's burdens even, even if, even if at first they, the other person doesn't see the problem. They're blind to their problem. Because why? Because Christian community can help us to see what we can't see on our own. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Did you know that you have blind spots? You have blind spots. And the problem with blind spots is that we're blind to the spot. If we weren't blind to the spot, then we would see it and we would avoid the problem altogether, but that's what makes it a blind spot. Okay? And we need others to help us with our blind spots. And it is possible, I'm sorry I have to tell you this, it's possible that you are blind to an unhealthy relationship. It's possible that you are blind to how you're treating your spouse or your children. It could, you could be blind to how you are as an actual, how you actually are as an employee. You might think you're like a really good employee, but you might be blind to the fact that you're, te you're terrible. And your narcissism is in the way. No, I'm just kidding. But like you could be blind to the fact of how you're impacting or how you're being impacted. You could be blind to the fact that what you're doing is a habit that's leading to an addiction. You could be blind to that. And what intentional Christian community does is that it speaks into that blind spot. Christian community was designed to help you to see what you can't see on your own. And it helps you to correct the problem before it ever becomes a problem altogether, before it becomes a disaster. And what a gift. What Paul's talking about here is he's given, the Holy Spirit has given the church an early warning detection system that you can detect and know trouble in your life, not just by your own self, but because of the community that has been designed around you. 
And listen, you know this is true. You know that you have blind spots. You know that you need other people. And do you want to know how I know that you know that it's true? You've seen problems coming in other people's lives long before they did. Haven't you? You've seen stuff coming up in other people's relationships long before they did. You've seen things coming up in other people's jobs or with people's kids long before they did. And guess what? They've probably seen it coming in your life too. Now, pointing out sin and the problems that in other people's lives isn't the most exciting thing to do. And sometimes people don't want to hear it, and sometimes people will ice you out if you tell them the truth. How many of you have ever experienced being ghosted or like someone cooled off the relationship after you told them a hard truth? And you were right. You shared it with them, and then they're like, you know, they sort of ghosted you. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me, especially in my job. <laughs> you know? And what Paul says, Paul, Paul said. Like, my main job is like, well, i got to be faithful to the Scriptures. Well, then I'm not going to be friends with you. Like, it's hard. Anyway, so Paul says that this process of gently restoring one another, having the courage to warn some, someone that trouble is on the horizon, and on the receiving end, having the courage to receive a difficult word from somebody, a difficult warning message from a friend, these are both, all of this is critical to our well-being to our maturity. It's important. You need other people in your life who are going to help restore you. You cannot do it all on your own. You need help, and you need someone to point out danger so that you can avoid it. But here's the issue. Most people, most people don't have these kinds of relationships, or they wait too long to invest in these kinds of relationships and it becomes too late, and they don't figure it out before a crisis comes. So what I'd like to say to you is this. You cannot wait until it's too late to build a healthy community around you. You can't put it off. You can't put it off. Because, why? Because you don't know when you're going to need it. Again, the problem with the blind spot is we're blind to the spot. Again, the problem with the crisis, a person in crisis, the reason they're in crisis is because they didn't see the crisis coming. If it was, they saw it coming, they would have avoided the crisis. So here's the deal. If you haven't invested in an authentic Christian community, a well-intentioned, a truth-telling, a well-meaning Christian community along the way, especially when times are good, especially when you're feeling yourself, and especially when things seem to be going your way, it just doesn't surprisingly pop up to support you, to help you, and to show you your blind spots right before disaster. It won't be there for you. It won't be there for you when you need it. And it won't be there to need you when you need it to warn you. And it won't be there to encourage you when you need it the most. You will be disconnected. And you'll probably feel isolated. And listen, you know, we'll do our best as a church to help you. As leaders, we're going to support you and help you the best that we can. But the church leadership will never be as good as if you had already spent time investing in a tight Christian community of relationships. 
You see the superiority of that? You get out ahead of it before it becomes a problem. Andy Stanley, he's a small house church pastor in the Alpharetta area, and he talks about small groups. And small groups is another way we call them community groups, but these are tight-knit, community-oriented relationships. And this is what he says about small groups. He says, a small group is like a retirement account. If you wait, it won't be there for you when you need it. But if you invest now, making it a priority, you can draw on it when you need it. I've never met anyone in authentic community whose broken heart left them broken. And he's using small groups as a model, as a concept for what I'm trying to get at. Authentic Christian community. You invest in it now and it becomes something for you when you need it. And especially if you don't know you need it. Let me give you an illustration from the nonprofit world when it comes to money and funding. You know, everyone's favorite topic. In church world, there's generally two kinds of ministries. There's crisis ministries and there's preventative ministries. Preventative ministries. What are crisis ministries? These are shelters. These are crisis pregnancy centers. These are clean water initiatives. Uh, These are addiction centers and so on. And basically, they see... Uh, they seek to fix a crisis because something bad has happened. They step in and they make things right. Okay? And these are vitally important. Jesus invites us to do these kinds of things because they represent the heart of God. And every Christian should be involved in, any, in lots of crisis ministries. Right? We, we should give our time and energy to making right the things that have gone wrong in the world. But there's also, on the other hand, not just crisis ministries, there's preventative ministries. These are the kinds of ministries that build into people to avoid the crisis altogether. Okay, do you see? The crisis is averted. The bad thing never happens. The issue never happens in the first place. This would be the equivalent of like a premarital counseling or community groups or accountability groups. And in many ways, a preventative ministry is something like the church. And what we see is that preventative ministries tend to get less attention and less donations because they are designed to prevent the bad thing from happening. They're just not as clear, okay? And crisis ministries tend to get more of the attention and more funding uh, because it's very clear what you have to do. The need is clear. The mission is clear. And what we're going to do is we're going to get a plan going and we're going to apply a solution and we're going to fix it. Uh, fix it. So, if it, for instance, if a preventative ministry a preventative community, a healthy Christian community does its job, you will never hear about the divorce. You'll never hear about the addiction that went too far. You'll never hear about the anger management classes that were never taken. And you won't hear about the restraining order. And consequently, for nonprofits, this makes it interesting and different from a business perspective because most people see, well, that's just such a clear thing we need to fund and be a part of. Preventative is so different. And why am I telling you this? Because preventative ministries, like the ones you're a part of, are incredibly important. Christian community is preventative because when it functions as a loving and caring community, telling difficult truths when it should, it helps the bad thing from happening in the first place. And so the bad thing never happens. And listen, I want each of us, this is my point, I want each of us to fall more deeply in love with authentic Christian community, not because it's crisis, but because it's preventative. If you invest in these relationships now, you will prevent disaster. I want us to look back 
and not have a story about a toxic relationship because the story never happened. I want us to look back and never having to go through crisis marital counseling because the marriage was healthy. We prevented it. There's no story to tell there. In many ways, I want us to look back and not have to see people that have to go to an addiction counselor or have to enter a rehab facility because, and if they need it, they should, but wouldn't it be better if we prevented that altogether? And what we're talking about in Christian community when we restore each other is we are preventing these things altogether. We're saying, look, speak into your brother and sister's life. Give them what they need and help them to prevent it. So I want your life in some ways to be a little bit more boring, a little bit more ordinary, where you prevent crises from happening in your life by allowing Christian community to be in it. So what will your story be? Will you invest in Christian community that will shape you, hold you accountable, decrease your chances of ending up in an unnecessary crisis, or will you put it off and run the risk of not having it when you need it? So I want to leave you with a couple challenges. First of all, listen, community groups are great. If you're not in one, you should join one. We have one that meets on Thursday now, and we're going to be starting a few more at the beginning of the year, I think. Uh, the second challenge for you is for those of you who are in a community group. Here's the thing. Just because you're in a group doesn't mean you sort of automatically have a close-knit group, close group of friends. It takes time. It takes relational investment. It takes commitment to connect to people and the, connect with the people of that group. So take time, make the investment, be committed to that group. Listen, every one of us needs community. And if you invest now, make it a priority, it will be there for you when you need it the most. And it will help you to avoid disaster. And that's what I want for us, that we become a community that can be there for each other, that we can avoid disaster and help each other along. Why don't we all stand?